Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Sean. Sean, you're going to have to say your last name. I'm not even going to try. Smostrela. Smostrela. We're going to be talking about focusing, about uh, focusing on the marketing your company actually needs versus um, all the products everyone's trying to sell you all the time, all the techniques you know about, all the best practices, kind of drilling down to how do you figure out what you actually need to be doing in marketing. Um, so Sean, thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate you inviting me. I feel like we're going, we have a stick called marketing here and we're going to start whittling. And at the end, we're going to have nothing but cuts on our fingers. <laughs> like, we're just going to whittle everything off. Like, ah, that's not really, no, that's not for you. That's not. <laughs> so hopefully we leave the listeners with something where we're like, you can probably still use some of these marketing techniques. Right, right. Yeah, let's, it's, what, uh, what, 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 at the end of the day, right, what, what do you want to walk away with? And I, I don't know if we, if we know what we're going to walk away with, but hopefully it's, it's something useful. And I think it can be. Um, and something that came up before we started recording here, Sean and I were talking, and something that came up was, I think a lot of our conversation here, Sean, is going to be, I mean, we're talking to the listeners in general, but every company is so different that that's part of the problem is how do you know we can't tell every company what's a fit for them, what they should and shouldn't be doing with their marketing. Cause they're all extremely unique down to not only the industry and the size and the geography that you're in and your product and your positioning, but also the talent within your team. Like some people maybe should be doing more social because they have people that are good at it and some people shouldn't. So uh, disclaimer to the listeners, you might come away with nothing here except for figure it out. <laughs> right. Well, but, but then that's kind of it, right? And that's where, you know, we, we're going off into this, this sort of nebulous area, but um, you know, the idea of focus and, and why it becomes so important is because um, everything does really come down to your specific needs and, and, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, we had joked around before is, is, you know, I had said, if I was a consultant, like you said, my business card would say, don't hire me because I would basically try to tell you all the things that you need to avoid. Um, and that's, you know, the problem um, with marketing is that it's very difficult, you know, and yet you'll have a lot of people tell you that it's simple, right? You, you, right. you do this or you do that and, and uh, you know, you're going to get X results. And, um, and so, you know, I don't have, I don't have the answers. Right. Yeah. And, and so I, I, you know, that's, I don't purport to come in and say, you know, in fact, I, like I said, I've, I hesitate positioning myself as an expert because, um, you know, it's so difficult. You can, you can think that you've got a great plan in place and you come in and it just doesn't go well. Um, you know, there could be myriad factors that, that play into that. Um, so, you know, really when it comes down to, you know, what is your strategy going to be? What are your tactics going to be? Um, the, the, the word focus comes to mind, right? Because ultimately you do have to tap into to what you know, um, you know, from your experiences and, and then, really try to focus your resources and, you know, your investments in a way that, that makes sense. Um, and then, you know, try to, to, to determine, you know, whether those are working for you and then whether you stick with that or you try something different and, and it, it becomes, you know, almost a vicious cycle, but, um, but without focus, right. You can really get lost quickly. Yeah. So let's try to parse this out. 
because within marketing, we've got the major channels. You know, we've got social, email, physical mail. You have things like radio and TV commercials. You've got all these major, and I'm leaving stuff out. You have, you know, the, the phones and digital ad marketing and stuff. So, but we have all these major channels. Maybe some people are billboards or just all these channels that people can market on. That's one thing to look at those and try to figure out how to focus. But if people look at where their marketing spend goes, it's not just Google AdWords. It's this world of MarTech we're being sold. And it's almost like you're a fisherman and everybody's trying to sell you a magic lure. And like, what do you use? What do you go fishing with is kind of what marketing is. Should you try every new magic lure out there? How do you, how do you know when you're going to fish which things you should be buying and bringing with you and which you shouldn't like, is there a, a, a way I hate to say best practice. We're going to get into that, that, that people can identify at least some of the solutions that they shouldn't even bother to look at for their company when it comes to the massive world of MarTech. Yeah. Well, I think maybe the first thing, right, is, and it sounds very basic, but it's something that I think a lot of companies lose sight of uh, a lot of marketers lose sight of. Um, and that is really just being fundamental about your objectives, right? Knowing exactly what you want to accomplish. And I think, you know, um, there's a lot of labels for it, you know, like smart goals, making sure that your, you know, your objectives are, are you know, measurable and, and attainable. And, um, but really, like you said, there are so many different roads to get to that destination um, that you, you know, you, you really have to determine what that that single singular objective right for that particular marketing channel might be or, or all of them really for that matter right you, you got to know where you want to go before you can chart your path to get there and that really has a lot to say about you know how to get there you know and and you, know, you mentioned best practices like a, some just a simple example right is that everybody assumes you have to have a blog now right because you know there's inbound is a, is obviously a an important part of marketing. So I've got to have a blog. Uh, I need a post a week. I need three posts a week. Do you? Um, you know, right. But well, when everybody has a blog, nobody has a blog. That's marketing. Once everybody's doing it, it's pointless because the audience just starts to ignore it because it's, it's overwhelming noise. We sell lists. We sell emails primarily for marketing. And there's certain industries we've identified where we just tell them like, this isn't going to be effective for you. They're like, Wait, you don't want our business? What? We say, no, no. Email, maybe call, figure out something else. But inboxes for this target audience are so saturated with this email messaging, they have learned to ignore them all. It was effective the first time somebody sent an email. But after that, it was like, oh, we're used to this pickup line and now we ignore them all. Um, so you just like marketers kind of ruin things. So even if it was successful at one point or is successful in another industry, in your particular industry, a channel just can be crapped out, like especially channels like email where you don't have a captive audience. Like you can do a TV commercial, people are gonna see them, they're gonna sit through it, but an email, people delete, move on, filter out too quickly and easily. Yeah, and I think it's it's that way, right? With social media, you know, it just people are kind of scrolling through your feeds and there's just so much there. And, and like you said, the saturation um is something that, you know, that's, that's one of the key issues that marketers try to overcome. But then, like I said, I, I can't sit here and tell you I have an answer um, because it, it, it's, it's, it's the challenge, you know, and how do you right. become 
creative in the the channels and the vehicles that exist right now, you know, until others come along. And, and you know, like we had talked offline a little bit about um, how people are customizing, you know, you mentioned lists and their emails and you, you start getting these emails that people read and, and it's like, okay, this is obviously, you know, an automated list sent out to me. So I'm going to skip it. And then you get some that, you know, like I said, they start to mature, like sounding like, Hey, you know, so-and-so I, I emailed you previously about this was just following up. Um, and then it progresses to video and you think you're getting right. a video that's, that's customized, but really it's not. And so, um, you know, there's, there's, an automation aspect that makes marketers' lives easier, but we're also sort of making it harder on ourselves. Well, because we start to see the thing that before was proof of life, we know can be faked now. Everyone listening, everyone in the world has received the email that says, hey, I was uh, checking out your website and I saw it's, it's really good. It's a really well done website, but I think I could you know, I've noticed one thing that was uh, there was a problem in it or a bug. Let's talk and I'll tell you about it. It's like, no, they didn't check out your website. Um, <laughs> that's an automated email. And I think they found that worked at some point in history. And then once everybody receives it a hundred times, we just recognize. Yeah, it came from uh, I actually made a and these episodes are pre-recorded, but I made a post on LinkedIn after sending this to a client earlier today um, that said something to the tune of uh, the problem with. AI isn't getting it to seem human. It's that AI starts making all humans seem like robots because they use the things we do. And then people learn that, oh, this is what the bots are doing. And now my message saying, hey, did you get my last message? Oh, that looks like a bot message because that's what all the bots are saying to get your attention now. It's uh, back to the, my old theme of marketers ruin everything. Yeah, we're just doing it with AI now. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, but, you know, then it, you think about, though, how it's it's critical to your business, right? You've got to have it. Um, you know, so how do you find the people out there that um, that can make it work for you? And and, and um, kind of bringing it back a little bit, you know, is, is um, trying to one of the things that I struggle with, you know, as a marketer is is. I sort of apply my own feelings, my own perceptions of how I would respond to something, right? And, and I've got to remind myself sometimes that maybe I'm not the average person, right? Yep. So it's like, I see this, I'm like, I've seen all of this, I know how automated this is and that this is fake. So surely nobody would fall for this, right? You know, I don't know, you know? And, and so it's hard, you know, you, you, you think that a lot of people behave the way you do um, but then I see a lot of statistics and marketing results from studies that tell me that they act otherwise. Yeah. Sometimes um, you know, it's people aren't as smart as you. And sometimes it's people aren't as dumb as you, or they just know different <laughs> stuff. We, we used to advise clients on email creative and say, Oh no, that creative is really hacky. Like, uh, everybody's going to see through that, do this instead. And then the campaign didn't do well. And then we'd be like, well, why don't you try, let's try your original creative. Oh, it did really well. I'm like, Oh crap. Yeah. Everybody's not the same as. As you, in fact, they're probably quite different, which brings up the whole problem of how do you market to people that you don't understand? You know, so people hire millennials because they don't know, like, what are these people thinking? I don't know how they think. I've, I've, we figure out we don't know how they think. So you're just like, I got to hire one of them, I guess, to, to write my creative. I need somebody that isn't so in their own head to write the creative because 
I'm coming up with stuff that's, uh, you know, to pat yourself on the back, it's too smart for my audience. <laughs> it's not connecting. I need to simplify it a little bit. Well, um, and this is where I think marketing experts would interject that that's where testing comes into play, right? Which is a big part of it. And, and that's true. Um, you know, and that, but that also kind of gets into data, um, you know, and some of the, the fallacies of, of data-driven decision-making, which, you know, I'm, and I'm not here to argue against using data to make decisions, but, um, you know, there's also a lot about marketing and this kind of gets us into some of the other uh, marketing channels and, you know, some of the new tactics and things that, that, you know, have this reported ROI and you look at some of this data and it's like, you've really got to be careful about how you analyze the data, um, you know, and, and, and what it means in context, um, you know, as opposed to just, you know, data for, the sake of data points. I've got a classic example in that area when it comes to email data. Everything you look up on the internet is about B2C newsletter emails, which the industry we're in, people look at stats, they get a list, they go to do lead generation. They're like, why didn't I get 75% open rate? Like, well, this is a cold list of new target prospects. You're not going to get, but the stats online all say this is this is the best practices email open rate. This is what you should be seeing. This is the standard. And you're like, uh, it's, you're in a whole different world. They both have the word email in them. Yeah, so it's it's going to be different for every company. So you can test. But back to the original question, all these different options. The problem we run into is kind of like the hey, you may be Superman, but if you have too many options, you can't do them all, and that's how you're going to get defeated. So you may say, oh, so all I need to do is test everything and then figure out what's best. Problem is you have a clock running and you don't have all the time and money in the world. So you have to choose what to test because you can't test it all. So how can companies narrow down and make sure they're not throwing out the secret fishing hole that was going to be the big winner for them? Like, is there a, is there a way for com- companies to start narrowing down without just saying, fine, we'll go to Google AdWords and, and do a newsletter? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do think, right, it starts with, um, you, you've, again, understanding your market, right? You, you got to know where people are and your audience is, and that's sort of marketing 101. But, um, you know, I think if, if, obviously, if you are um, a business that relies heavy on search, you know, on people, you know, going to Google to seek you out, um, then you've really got to, you know, hone your investment there, right? Let's, let's, let's find out, you know, maybe take some information from what you're already doing. Um, and that gets us again to another point of whether, you know, you, you're, you're doing marketing, you're trying to, to fix it, or, you know, if you're almost just sort of starting over or starting, you know, from scratch with a startup, you know, where do you start? Um, you know, there's a, just even the launching off points are so different, right, that, that it, it makes it difficult. Um, you know, so if, but if you, you know, if you're a, in a, a business that's been marketing, um, you know, and you're trying to figure out, you know, where do I go from here? You know, because it just doesn't seem to be working. Um, I think one of the things that probably makes sense is to, to find the few things that you do see are working and then really work to sort of iterate and build those out first, right? Before like saying, okay, we're, we're doing okay here. So let's, let's try something else. Right. Right? Let's so invest let's, in this maximize. moonshot idea kind of, and like, that's a moonshot. It's probably not going to work out. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's, let's, you know, let's really, you know, focus our resources and investments. And, you know, if, if we're getting an okay return here, you know, we've got, you know, some decent conversion, you know, through, you know, this tactic, 
um, you know, how can we tweak this? You know, maybe if we invest a little bit more, um, if we, you know, build it out a little bit differently, you know, can we maximize and, and, you know, let's, let's, let's sort of drink all of this milk right before we open the next milk, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, I'm thinking I'm having some live thoughts percolate up here and, uh, remembering a mistake that I made in, in my business one time that I think applies to this, to this discussion. And I, I was thinking we were going to build out a highly trained expert sales team and that's, and we were going to kill it with that. And what I overlooked was, and I think when people look at marketing, it's kind of, this is where the, it becomes analogous is thinking that you're going to find the perfect marketing is a recipe for failure, no matter what you have to have a good enough product and you have to work hard enough that with mediocre marketing results, you can still succeed because you may eventually find a great niche. But if your marketing has to be stellar, if you, if you, if it's either we go viral or we go out of business, you're going out of business. Like you can't rely on perfect, amazing, uh, brilliant marketing. The iPhone didn't rely on that. You know, it's not a crap product with amazing marketing. It's an amazing product with amazing marketing. So I think, um, one thing people need to consider is you don't have to get the marketing perfect. You just have to be about average and your product also has to be good enough. And then you have to work hard enough to do enough business to stay in business while you keep testing and trying to make your marketing better. Right. Well, and I think maybe that, that opens the door too, to, you know, focusing on the positioning and and where I think um, I've seen some companies kind of struggle a little bit is they, feel like they're fit in the market is one place, but it's actually somewhere else. Mm. And, and ah. that's one of the things that, you know, so it's, you, it's kind of like, where are you fishing? What are you fishing for? What are you using to fish? You're just focusing on the, what are you using and where are you fishing? But there's, there's a lot more variables and you, it doesn't matter if your marketing is great. If you have some of the others too far off. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I saw a, an example recently that um, someone sent to me in, in a meeting and, and it was, um, you know, this company had created this product that was supposed to, um, I think it was a, 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 in the medical field, it was a device that um, would effectively measure some body level, right? Some, you know, oxygen level or something along those lines. You know, like, you know, they were marketing it here, but then as they started, you know, looking at some of the feedback and data they were getting from the market, it's like the market was actually a completely different, you know, it wasn't hospitals. It was, it was parents. I say, right? please like, tell me, okay, maybe not parents. I was going to say, you're going to tell me it turns out it gave everybody a boner and they were like, now we found a new market. <laughs> no, 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 but yeah, it was something like, you know, measuring yeah. oxygen levels. And they were thinking, well, this would be good for nurseries and hospitals. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they found out that really, you know, their market was parents that wanted to do this at home. And, and so, um, you know, it can extrapolate this to anything. It's like, you know, you have a software product, right. And you think that you're, um, your primary user is, um, you know, a business owner. Well, you know, maybe it's actually, you know, a designer or, you know, there's, um, there's, there's a lot about um, really understanding, like I said, the users of your product or service, um, you know, and, and making sure that you're not trying to sell your product to people that aren't the primary people that, you know. Right. Or, I mean, the, uh, the story I was going for was the Viagra story of, I think it was like a heart, uh, medication or something initially and they're trying to increase blood flow 
And it turns out they were very successful, just in the wrong part of the body. Um, <laughs> but they didn't keep trying to push it as a heart medication or uh, try to adjust it to, for that. They were just like, I, I think this boner pill thing might be a win for us. <laughs> so you, now we all get, uh, or not even anymore, but we used to all get uh, emails about Viagra. Um, right. So now that's that kind of about issue. it, but it's, but it's like, Oh, it's, it's from some uh, black market. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's one of those things where the filters have all learned to um, Viagra is one of the death words that you can put in an email that will almost never get into an inbox. Um, if you want to make sure an email doesn't make it to the inbox, just put the word Viagra once or twice in there. And that's kind of like the learning of, okay, you know, the systems learn, here's what we need to block because we're getting bombarded with it. If you were actually a Viagra salesman now, and you thought, let me do some email marketing. That would be a great example of a terrible marketing channel to get into. You should know better. That's the takeaway tip for the day. If you're selling Viagra, don't do it by email. You're welcome. <laughs> if nothing else comes from this podcast. Yep. For the, for the one Viagra salesman who was wondering that listens. Yep. Okay. Um, let's see. So we're still not really addressing it. I think this episode may be an episode of it's such a fluid, the nature of the topic is we're not going to nail this down. Um, but any cheats for how people can say, what Martex should I ignore? What have all these people trying to sell me their service saying they're going to make my company tons of money and give me all these leads? Um, you know, the lead gen services, all of these services, most of them probably have a space where they are successful. So they're in business. Um, any, any techniques people can take any mindsets they can have to identify how to easily toss out or should they just say no to everything initially? Well, I don't know about no to everything, but it, you know, and it, it probably does come around too to, you know, how much time you can offer these. I mean, even, you know, you work in marketing, I work in marketing and I'm bombarded, you know, with, people trying to sell me on, you know, their services or the, you know, their, their data systems and, and everything else. And, and for the most part, I just sort of, you know, cast them all aside. Like you said, you know, you've learned to, you know, assume that this, that I'm being pitched. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just not even going to listen. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it, it does, it serves to do a little bit of research, right. As, as far as trying to determine, what channels you want to go into, right? So then maybe you start to pay attention to some of the things that you're getting from that, right? Um, I would be hesitant, you know, again, like you said, you know, that, that people who, you know, sort of pitch that, you know, this is gonna, this works for everybody, right? This is the can't fail, or, you know, and-, and Or the uh, secret new thing. It's, it's the fishing lure. It's like, oh, here's this great, but sometimes that fishing lure really does work because the fish have never seen it before. And it's going to work for one season and then they're all going to have learned to stay away from it. Um, and that's kind of the danger one with Martex. Sometimes you look at it and you're like, oh, crap, I wish I'd used that three years ago when it was effective. And these people were telling me like, hey, get in now, you know, get Facebook ads now. They're super undervalued. Um, right. you're like, oh, that's passed. I missed that opportunity. Yeah. And I think it comes down to doing a little bit of your own investigation and research and, and trying to, you know, Obviously, you can't take everything that marketers say at their word, um, which is unfortunate. If you're a marketer, you know that marketers yeah. play with the truth a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, right. So, you know, I, and again, 
try to always bring you know anything that you're looking into back to your specific business right and maybe that's the focus part that mm. ties into our our the, the the pillar we're trying to attach to this um you know is is don't assume that because it you know this product may have worked in and you know had results from you know industry x or you know application in in this manner um you know really understand how it applies to your market the people that you're talking to um, you know, is it going to, um, you know, to speak to them? Is it, is it going to be, you know, um, something that, um, that that audience responds to? Um, is it going to be um, ultimately something too that um, will sustain, right? And something that you can, you know, fits into your ultimate, you know, um, allow resources and, and bandwidth and, and uh, right. So uh, if you have some extra time and budget, okay, try out a new, Thing to see if there's uh, some meat on the bone there. But if you don't, then say no to everything. Focus on what you got running already. Well, and again, that that's, that kind of comes back to right the you know small business versus medium versus enterprise. I mean, you look at you know obviously the enterprises that have you know budget to go and and try all these different things. Um, you know, but then you can't necessarily extrapolate the results. You know, one of the things that marketers love to do right is say, oh well, you know, company X uses us. You know, we we are used by twenty of the Fortune five hundred. You know, that's mm. great. You know, or they, Coca-Cola does this, so I should do it too. Right. I tell people like, make me the CMO of Coca-Cola. I guarantee you our profits will still go up and I won't do a damn thing. I'll be on an island. Like, I'm sorry, but we can do anything and it'll work because we have so much of our own brand gravity. Um, it's, it's really hard to mess up at some point. I, I think the true measure of a good marketer is the small to medium business marketer that can succeed because that's where it's tough. You don't have all the talent around you. You don't have all the momentum, all the gravity, uh, everything in place. Like you've got to figure out what works versus uh, try anything and it'll work because you're just such a, so, so successful already. Right. Well, and you know, it's um, the B2B Institute, which I think is, is somehow aligned with, with LinkedIn. You know, they, I saw a um, presentation that they did at one of the recent HubSpot inbound conferences, and they were talking about the importance of branding and B2B and how it had long been overlooked. And, and they had some, some data and statistics about um, how brand share really impacts um, what people will choose ultimately, right? And, and it's, it was talking about how important brand is, um, and that's, that's great. But branding is also one of those things in marketing, right? That's that's very difficult to nail down and, and to mm-hmm. you know justify an ROI or determine um, you know to attribute whether you're you're getting your your ROI on branding. Yeah. And so it, it that's an additional challenge for marketers, right? And and you know you look at things like digital display and and you know it's hard for me to look at something and it's like oh I got six clicks out of ten thousand impressions. I'm supposed to feel good about that, um, you know. But yet you're reading that, you know, this branding is so important, right? Yeah. So, you know, do I well, invest I in? we've had some great, um, some great guests that are focused just on branding and just on account-based marketing. And to me, account-based marketing is a branding hack kind of part of it anyway, in that you're saying, well, we don't need to put out billboards and Super Bowl commercials and have our brand in front of everybody. We're just going to target, we're, we're going to do like a, um, what that the show where the guy thinks he's in the real world and he's actually TV was it the Jim Carrey movie? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do 
that to these companies where they think where our brand is huge, but really we're just staying in front of them and only them. Um, and so they think we're this big brand. They're seeing us everywhere. Okay. That's a way of achieving a big looking brand for your specific target audience without having that big looking brand. Um, but, and again, we've had some great episodes specifically on branding and how small businesses, you know, kind of your sales and marketing is your branding. Don't worry about it. It'll build naturally. I think is a lot of what I've been hearing from people on, on the, uh, on the branding topic, but I think in the B2B space, and we see it for my company, because we are kind of a commodity, it's data. Brand becomes important. That's why we're behind consumer. Uh, the consumer products become commoditized so much faster because it's just such a large uh, market all the time. B2B, we're a bit behind, but enough companies, enough industries are becoming commodities that brand then becomes important because that's your only differentiator. When you're the first one to put out you know, an online CRM, when you're Salesforce, your brand is we're the only one. Like we have this new, the iPhone branding was we're, look at, we have this and no one else does. You know, you come out with the first automobile, you don't need branding. You have a unique product. It's a, it's once everybody has the same thing, same quality, then it's like, oh, now, now it's just who loves puppies versus who loves something else type of a type of a thing. Um, so I think, yeah, branding becomes really important, but in your industry, if you're a commodity, then it's important. And still, if you're small, you're not going to, unless you have funding, you're not going to build brand through marketing and advertising. You're going to build it through your sales and through your direct contact with your, with your clients. And as you build them and do a good job, you build an actual brand versus kind of these fake brands where it's all marketing. And then people joke about them underneath, you know, they're the, the company version of the, the office with the poster on the wall saying how great they are when everybody in the company hates it. Like, yeah, our bosses are all a-holes, but there's all these posters around about how everybody loves working here. No, we don't because, you know, you mock it. Like you try to just market a brand without having the sales and marketing people underneath that are actually in contact with the clients and fulfilling, creating that brand impression with them. And yeah, you, you become a, a joke of a brand. You become that poster. Well, that's, again, you sort of mentioned, you know, the, the smaller businesses, you know, through sales and marketing. And um, I know that it's been a, a topic of conversation in the marketing realm for a little while now about, you know, merging sales and marketing and having them more aligned. And, and you know, that's that's important. I, I believe all that. And, and it's, I think, especially more so, right, for your small and medium sized businesses, because I think that does um, really feed you some of the data and insights that you can extrapolate to apply to choosing, you know, the, the marketing um, channels and tactics that you invest in, right? You know, if, if you're, you know, your sales team is invaluable, right? Because they're, they're telling you why people are saying no, you know, right. they know what the customer thinks. And if that doesn't get passed to marketing, you're screwed. Right. You know, and, and that's, you know, and, and so, you know, maybe if, if there is one place to start, you know, start with your sales teams and figure out, you know, why are people saying no? And then how can, you know, what tactics can we use to, attack, um, you know, these objections. Uh, right. Right. And sometimes it might be jump into LinkedIn because we feel like we're supposed to, well, look, yeah. you know, maybe if maybe an email campaign to these, you know, and again, talking, maybe taking it to the ABM route, you know, you've got a few customers that you really felt like you had a good shot at closing and it didn't work out. You know, can you, you know, take that data and, and, you know, similar companies or even those same companies, you know, let's, let's, let's invest in, you know, marketing 
specifically targeted at them. You know, you may be only targeting it. And it's that, that whole thing, right, about, you know, I'd rather have 100 people, you know, that are potentially going to buy than a thousand people who, you know, really don't care at all. Right. Um, so it's, it's like you said, you know, it, it, it's um, it's an opportunity, um, you know, to use that that information to, to really decide, you know, what makes sense from a marketing perspective. I feel like we're saying, look, if you're a country mouse and you're worried about it, then be more careful. Like, no, like, hey, there's, um, there's a lot of con people around here that might try to sell me their product and service. So I'm going to be extra careful and my default setting will be no, uh, kind of, unless I can see this, I really do think this is going to work for me because so many people are trying to sell you so many things. Well, I wonder if maybe that comes back to the, the, the most fundamental thing at all of all, right, is like you said, have a good product, know who you're talking to and, and just be, you know, I guess deliberate, right. About, you know, how you go about your marketing, you know, instead of trying to necessarily solve everything or, you know, it's like, um, you know, we, we can rewrite the playbook, um, so to speak, you know, maybe you don't have to rewrite the playbook. Um, but then again, that, that, that kind of counters some of the points that I've made about, you know, arguing against best practices, because that's, right. that's another thing about marketing. Like right? Stick it, to it, best practices, except yeah, for you know, we, don't. You know, we, <laughs> right. you know, and, and that's and, 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 you know, I think marketing in itself in general can really become an echo chamber. Right. And that, um, you know, we decide that, you know, this is this is functioning well. So let's just, you know, beat this to death, like you said, until it doesn't work anymore. Um and I, I think that happens with best practices. And, and, you know, one of the examples, and I don't mean to, uh, to necessarily talk negatively about HubSpot, you know, but you want to learn to do anything in marketing. You can Google HubSpot and they've got a blog about how to do things. Um, the problem is, right, that when you apply that to your business and your market, it may not work like that. They never right? really say who. Is how to do it as a generalization for everyone. And you probably have a couple sticking points that are going to cause it to fall apart. Um, yeah. I mean, I get the feeling that when it comes to best practices, yes, you need them, but you need your own. Like you have a starting point, but you have to be able to think. It's one of the fun things about marketing is it's such a unique problem for every situation that if like, hopefully you like problem solving, if you're in marketing, because uh, just figuring out what you're unless you plug into a big company where the problem's already solved and somebody else is doing it. Uh, if you're going to be more than a cog in a marketing machine, um, trying to figure out how to create that machine, you've really got to wrap your head around it, be creative, maybe start with best practices, but develop them yourself. Right. Question, yeah, question them constantly because some of those best practices will prevent you from doing something great because they're designed for the average normal situation kind of. Right. Yeah. And if, and if anybody comes in, anybody can follow best practices. Right. And I think that's right. where marketing becomes um, where, you know, because I feel like we've spent the last half hour sort of talking shit about marketing, you know, and it's like, you know, we're, we're talking about, but, but that's, that's where, you know, people, I guess, like you and I, why we're here, right, is that, that we, we find this challenge, you know, enticing enough to like, you know, how do we fix this then, you know, how, you know, yeah. and, and it becomes that critical and analytical thinking that, that doesn't necessarily, I think, always play into, you know, a job description in, in marketing, right, you know, it's like, can you execute a LinkedIn campaign, can you, you know, tell a story and all these things, but it's, um, you know, it really becomes, 
you know, how, how do you become more than best practices? How do you become right. more than, you know, the marketing textbook? Because you, you do, like you said, um, especially today, how things become ubiquitous so quickly and become um, outmoded so quickly. You know, you do have to sort of rewrite your own sort of textbook. Right. So instead of can you run a LinkedIn campaign, it's can you figure out whether or not you should be running a LinkedIn campaign and how fast right. and how right. accurately can you do that? Because you're going to have to apply it to 20 other potential campaigns and hopefully you get enough of them right to be successful. And what um, are we going to say in them? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, then, yeah, and then we get into the actual messaging yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But really just should we use. So I want to shift gears a little bit. And in the time we have left here, I want to make sure we get to you. Uh, Sean, um, how do you say your name again? Sean. <laughs> Let's go with Sean. Um, so I want to make sure we get to you. Let's start out with um, what are your favorite channels or what channels do you use that work for you? Not saying you think everyone else should use them, but to, to market yourself. Uh, to market myself or when I'm marketing. So I, I, I tend to not market myself. <laughs> Then you do have a channel. I'm sure it's it's either referrals or events or person-to-person networking or something like that, which is a perfectly legitimate way to do business, obviously. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just it's some networking, right? And and I like to think that um, you know having conversations with people, you 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 know you find people that sort of share some of the similar um, challenges and and you know the, the way that they like to approach um, marketing. You know, I. I um, I'm not necessarily a marketing evangelist, right? The person who kind of goes on and, and talks about how, you know, um, awesome it is. And it's, it's not that, uh, necessarily I, I don't feel that it's awesome, but, but it's, it's, um, um, the passion is not so much selling marketing as much as it is, like you said, the, the problem solving, right. And, and trying to, uh, um, to really understand how to help the business, Right. And, and that's one of the things I think is a little bit different for me is that I, I tend to think of myself less as a marketer and more of like a business problem solver. Uh, right. You know, I mean, marketing is a necessary evil. It's kind of like it's the bait on the business sales hook. You're still trying to hate to talk about customers that way, but <laughs> you know, you're trying to, it's, it's the, the bait in the mousetrap or the style of the mousetrap or however you want to put it. But um, you know, you're looking to, uh, to capture business and it's always going to be messy and it's always shifting and it's, but it, you know, necessary. Um, so, so for you, you wouldn't have probably the same channels, most people you advise, but you don't have a product where you have to sell, you know, you have to have 2000 clients a year to be successful your product is a much, um, much more uh, bespoke uh, product. Um, let's get to that. Let's get to you and your and what you do and stuff. We've been doing all this talking about all this uh, brand stuff and marketing and channels and and the focus. Um, can you tell the listeners kind of how you got where you're at and, and what you do now? Um, sure. So right now I'm I'm working as a senior content strategist uh, at Iron Paper which is an agency, uh, B2B, digital-focused agency that works with a lot of SaaS and, and tech clients and some really, uh, you know, really cool clientele, you know, things ranging from application development to 5G and, and drones and, um, you know, some of the, um, the fascinating sort of evolutions of, of technology out there. Um, also, um, 
spent some time on the side working with um, a startup out of California that's got a really cool product uh, and service that they're trying to put into the market where they use the same technology that's fundamental to uh, the contactless business cards into physical products um, that can then turn them basically into marketing channels themselves, right? So you've got a stuffed animal or a backpack or a bike and you just kind of wave your, uh, wave your phone across it and it, it you know, becomes a, an interactive platform um, through your, through your mm-hmm. device. And so I think I've seen that at some marketing shows is like a, like a kind of a chip on a sticker you put on a wine bottle or something like that. Except that, yeah, except that it's actually manufactured in. It's NFC technology. And, and, uh, and so, like I said, and the company is called Wave On because that's the concept, right? You wave your phone across it and, and, uh, and it comes up. And so it really does sort of allow companies that have physical products um, to turn that product into an engagement channel. So um, that's a new enough thing to get back to something we talked about before. Real, and I don't want to hijack, I, I want to get into you more, but that they're not really worried about brand. They just need to how do we get our messaging in front of the right people to understand what this new thing is? Right. Well, and that comes back to, you know, what we talked about, how some, some channels and tactics may not work for you because for them, right. Search isn't a big channel right right now. Nobody knows what to search for. for. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So how do you, how do you reach out? And so it is, it is, you know, a lot of events and, and, you know, um, starting with cold lists and really trying to warm those up and, and, you know, how do you reach the people that, um, are going to be part of organizations that can make decisions to use these kinds of products, right? Because that's the other thing that you, um, especially when you're marketing to large organizations and, and, you know, big enterprises, you've got to figure out, you know, who are the decision makers and then who are the influencers. And, and so, right. you know, that's where, you know, you, you start to figure out some ABM strategies. And so, like you, you know, mentioned it, it really, you know, sort of a, I don't know that it decides for itself, right? But but there takes you know it takes a little bit of, of practical application of of you know what you're trying to accomplish to know what channels might make sense for you. And I imagine you're very aware, based on our conversation earlier, that in the process of doing all this, they might run into a vertical somewhere or a niche somewhere where they're like, oh, here's an application for this we hadn't considered, and that's our real solution. Like these people are going to be easy to explain it to, they're going to want it quickly and a ton of it or something like that where, and you hadn't maybe designed it for that application or industry, but um, there can always be something you find somewhere that's up oh, this slight tweak. And suddenly we have a huge win. Well, that's, that's kind of exactly what happened. It was actually started um, as a process for verifying the authenticity of prescription drug medications, right. To basically, you know, verify that you had a, a legitimate product mm. Um and then, so, you know, you, you think that this is your market, right? It's pharmaceutical companies and packaging companies. Um, but then it's evolved into, you know, like I said, where they're, you know, going after a sports and lifestyle um, group of people who, you know, are more likely to, you know, necessarily want to use a, you know, a, a, an engagement right. channel like that, you know, to, to learn more about their product or use it. or, or So you know, somewhere become... along the line, somebody said, huh, this would be cool if, what if we did this with it instead? What if we used it for something different? Right. And it kind of shifts, you know, not only the product itself, but then obviously your marketing, but, but that's, you know, and that's one of the things too, that I, I, I do. One of the things that I like about marketing and taking it into a business level perspective is that, um, you know, once you start marketing and you, and you, you get some feedback from the market and, you know, figure out if you're positioning correctly and, and what people are saying and how they're using the product. Um, it really can help sort of evolve your product or service, right? Because it's like, you know, you may think you want to go this direction, but if the market is saying, hey, 
you know, we're, we're really digging, you know, this particular aspect. And it's like, okay, well, the next evolution of our product or service needs to go this way. You know, right. and that's something that you, you can't get without marketing. We had an episode in the past that was, um, you know, can you market it? It was really saying marketing sometimes needs to tell the company and the whole product, we have to go this direction because we can market this or to this audience or to this, like, okay, yeah, I know you made it for this purpose, but we can market it for this purpose successfully. And that's the top of the funnel. So, hey, everybody in the company, we're going a different direction because we can't get leads here, but we can there. This is our new direction. Like you got to be able to redirect the whole company as a marketer sometimes. Sure. Well, and especially until you can at least get to a place where, you know, maybe you've got the resources then to you know, pursue those, those you know, other visions that you had previously. A more bleeding edge market that takes more education, but you found this easy catch kind of over here. Right. You're saying, let's fish this pool for a while and then we'll have enough money to, to go and invest in that one. Right. Well, and that, and you know, fruit. that kind of, that becomes a, a fundamental part of, of, you know, choosing the channels to get kind of coming back sort of full circle to what we were talking about is, is, you know, sometimes low hanging fruit is worth eating. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's, you know, if, if you, um, if you find that you have an opportunity in your marketing to, you know, to grab some easy wins, then, then do that. You know, you don't necessarily have to hit it out of the park, right. You know, to, uh, to feel successful about your ROI, um, you know, to take, take what's there and, and, uh, and, and use that. Absolutely. Okay. So let's, uh, again, I keep pulling us away, but you and kind of what you do, you said you're working for iron paper right now, but I get the feeling you're kind of a consultant type role that you move around some. Um, only when people want me or need, me. <laughs> you, know, it's, it's, you know, and it becomes, you know, and, and it kind of comes back around, I, you know, people talk about having that entrepreneurial spirit and it becomes sort of a very, a very generic um, sort of characterization. But, um, you know, I, I did, um, you know, start a magazine several years ago and it didn't work out. And, and so there's always sort of been that, that burning desire to do things like that. But honestly, I don't, don't have an idea and wouldn't have the capital probably if I had an idea. Um, you know, so seeing opportunities where um, you might be able to get in and, and help develop something and build something, you know, those, those are enticing and exciting. And, and, you know, that's part of the reason that I um, got involved with wave on and, and, um, you know, and I think that, um, you know, that, that factors into, into, you know, maybe some of the specific clients that I like to work with, um, you know, within the agency right now and, and sort of how they're um, you know, building out some of their uh, marketing and, and product evolution. Fantastic. So if people wanted to come to you to use your services, like what specific services do you guys offer? Would you work with people on? Um, in our paper, it's, 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 Positioned as a B2B growth agency, there, there's really a uh, heavy emphasis on uh, lead generation and, and really growing um, valuable leads, right? As opposed to, you know, there's a tendency in, in business to look at some metrics that, that aren't the most valuable to you. And, and you know, you can, they can, we've skirted around it a little bit, right? You know, your lead pool can be a thousand, but if one of those is, is valuable, um, you know, it's not really right. a great lead pool. And so how so many really, Google AdWord clicks did you get using the wrong keywords? So none of these people could possibly ever be interested in your product. Right, right. So yeah, so there, so Iron Paper's focus is, is primarily on um, finding the messaging that resonates with the audience and making sure that it's positioned 
to the people who are going to respond to it, right? To the people who are valuable to you and, and really trying to eliminate the waste um, mm. that can come from marketing. And, um, you know, maybe that was, maybe maybe we should have started there at the very beginning. We were talking about focus, right? It's just, because that's a lot of, of what marketing is and the focus of marketing is trying to eliminate that waste, right? Mm. Because it's it can be so prevalent, so. I feel like when talking to small business, like what marketing should you start with? Uh, sales. That's what, like, <laughs> what's your metric? Not how many clicks in your Google AdWords, not how many opens in your emails, it's sales. What are you getting from sales? And what's the marketing that gives you the shortest connection there so you can measure it? Because if it takes you nine months to tell if your marketing channel is returning results versus vanity metrics, you can be out of business before you realize you probably aren't hitting the right audience in the right way, kind of. Uh, when, when people are starting out, it's uh, very dangerous to start out with those vanity metrics and hope down the road that it results in sales. There's just way too many places it can go wrong and always does. Okay, let's see. I want to try to give some takeaway other than marketing is really confusing and you got to figure it out. <laughs> I wonder maybe if, if at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to for businesses and, and maybe of all sizes, uh, because I, I feel like I've seen this with, you know, huge enterprise organizations, um, as well as, you know, small businesses that um, it's, you, you kind of set your marketing machine in motion, right? And then it just starts sort of becoming this own machine of its, of its own. Um, it's worth, I think, I don't know if I would say quarterly or yearly or whatever. I don't know if there's a certain cadence for it, but really trying to stop and, and take some time to step back and really analyze it as a whole, right? And then figure out where that focus needs to be, um, you know, because it can start to sort of start perpetuating to where, you know, you feel like you've got LinkedIn going, you feel like you've got, you know, so now we're incorporating, like you said, the Google ads and, um, and you know, and it really is, it's, it's, it's in motion, um, but, you know, take, take the opportunities for a reset, right. And, and come back and, and, you know, really try to figure out if there are places that you can, you know, shed some of the things that aren't um, performing optimally, you know, or, you know, and then maybe you can invest that in, into something different, um, you know, but really trying to, like I said, eliminate that waste and, and um, you know, put your energy and, and investment, um, you know, into things that, that, that make the most, well, that's the most basic business principle ever, right? Invest your money in things that work, but. Right. Uh, but you have to regularly look at them, like question everything kind of say, okay, I know we have this Google AdWord machine set up, but let's go and look into it and see what's actually selling from this and how much is it costing and, and I, and look at it every, cause that's another thing. These things change constantly. And we've yeah. talked about the constant change, but also in Google, you have these channels where you're like, great thing about, Facebook marketing is I can just set it up and then every it's a, the marketplace is there and we just put money into it. Get, it's like, no, sorry, they changed their algorithm. And now one-tenth as many people are even seeing your message for the same cost. Right. Um, or some competitors came in and are buying up the auction and uh, your, your money's still being spent. You're just not getting the right stuff anymore. Um so it's you, yeah. So you're saying like once a year, go and almost audit, trust but verify your marketing uh, regularly to make sure the things you've set up still make sense, even. Right. Yeah, because it's easy, you know, especially the stuff like you said that does sort of get automated, you know, with with some of your your ad campaigns and 
um, you know, it just, it, uh, like I said, it sort of starts to, to run on its own. And as long as you're seeing some tangible result or impact from it, you know, you feel like it's, it's okay to just sort of leave it, you know, in its perpetual state, but, um, but, you know, that's, that's something worth, you know, analyzing, uh, routinely, right. Is, is to make sure that, um, you know, you're accomplishing very, what you want because you're, you're, you're very easy to let those things go. You have so many things to do and you're like, this just is running. I'm not going to touch it, but you know, set that reminder once a year to be like, hmm, let me look at that and see if it's just a waste now. Right. It's, it's kind of sad. I do that in every once in a while in my business and every once in a while you're like, Ooh, this has just been sitting here for three years. Right. And I also it's like all the so good have right like i get i get bills on a daily basis from you know all these different subscription mm -hmm. services i don't even know what they are oh yeah i sign up for these 10 martex and i'm still paying for them all but i haven't even logged in for two years yeah yep all right so uh regularly check in on your things question everything when you're be skeptical and then uh trust but verify once you have things set up and running where can people, uh, where can people find you, Sean? I mean, we'll have your information in the show notes, but anywhere in particular you want to put out there for the listeners. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, all you gotta do is not spell my last name. <laughs> all right. So where else can they find you? No, go to the show notes on ifumarket.com If you want to find him on LinkedIn, you're not going to spell his last name. S M A J S T R L A. I'm sorry, but somebody in, in their ancestry in the past just punched a keyboard when they got to Ellis Island. Okay, so people can find you on LinkedIn, the show notes for this show. Um, any particular website other than LinkedIn they should go to? No, not really. Nothing that uh, is specific to me. Uh, if, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a business looking for uh, lead generation, um, feel free to look, out, look up ironpaper.com. And that'll be on the show notes as well. All right. Well, um, for all the listeners, thank you for sharing us on social media. Thank you for giving us good reviews, uh, keeping the ratings going up on the show. We always love that. And uh, on behalf of the Ify Market team and Sean Smastra. You... <laughs> Smastra. 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 Uh, and Sean Smastra, thank you for listening to the Ify Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it, with bespoke practices, they will come. Are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data, and we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted high-quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000, like if you market the podcast here, and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees, and 1,000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.